This is the Everyday AI Show, the everyday podcast where we simplify AI and bring its power to your fingertips. Listen daily for practical advice to boost your career, business, and everyday life. Can AI actually be used for good? It's one of those common misconceptions that I think it's always on people's mind, but we don't always talk about. I think people fear artificial intelligence and uh, even generative AI, and they're wondering, what is this going to do for my job, my career, even society? Uh, so I don't always have the the answers to those questions, but uh, I, I bring on guests who do. So I'm extremely excited uh, today to talk about AI for good and to go over some strategies for ethical and sustainable AI development. Uh, but before we do, and before we bring our guests onto the show, so many, so many big updates to go over today in the world of AI news. And hey, just as a reminder, if you're joining us live, thank you. Uh, if you're joining us on the podcast, make sure, always check your show notes and go to youreverydayai.com. Sign up for the free daily newsletter. So much has happened in the AI world over the past two or three days. Uh, so we're just going to go over two quick developments uh, and then make sure to go to youreverydayai.com, sign up for the free daily newsletter and check out the rest. All right, big development number one. OpenAI is set to announce a slew of major updates at its developer day today. So this kicks off in a little over four hours, and there's been a lot of different rumors and some confirmed leaks, but let's just go over very high level. Uh, so uh, Gizmo V8 uh, reportedly is, is what this uh, new redesigned interface is going to be called. And the two new, uh, I'd, I'd say the biggest features that uh, will be affecting a lot of us who use ChatGPT are the Magic Creator and the GPT Builder. Uh, that essentially is uh, going to allow users to build and potentially sell uh, their own custom chatbots within uh, this new redesigned interface. Uh, also bringing in what's called context connectors, allowing you to bring in files uh, from Google Drive, Microsoft 365, um, and also reportedly a wider memory context. So there's a lot of new um, updates aimed at developers as well. But um, you know, for us kind of day-to-day, everyday users of ChatGPT, a lot of big uh, announcements coming uh, in about, about four hours. Uh, all right, last piece of news, and then we'll get into our interview. So speaking of AI chatbots, uh, Elon Musk uh, released his kind of chat GPT competitor. So Elon Musk, uh, his company X.AI revealed their chatbot Grok, I believe Grok. Uh, and it is, uh, kind of being marketed as an AI with a rebellious streak. Um, and this is modeled after, uh, the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. So, uh, Obviously, Elon Musk is taking his own uh, kind of take on this. A couple couple things that may distinguish it from other AI, uh, other AI chatbots is it's going to be using real-time data uh, from X, formerly known as Twitter, um, and uh, reportedly will be debuting at $30 a month. Uh, all right, you didn't join for the AI news. Uh, let me bring on the guests for today, but as a reminder... If you want to know more what's happening in the world of generative AI, make sure to go to youreverydayai.com, sign up for the free daily newsletter, and... Thank you for your patience and help me welcome my guest for today. Uh, very, very excited to have on the show and welcome. Uh, we have Mark Mitovich. Mark is, among many other things, he is an author, uh, author chief data scientist, uh, UN advisor, a little of everything. I'm not a chief data scientist. I'm not. Uh, I am the chief strategist. Oh, thank you, Mark. Thank you. Digital strategist. And I'm sitting on a lot of different committees and boards, but I'm driving this most exciting AI agenda around the world 
and around the United States about AI, but also how does AI connect to our society, human beings, and our planet? I'm driving it from uh, government, government affairs, advisory, investments, and also media. Mm. Thank you. Yes, yes. Thanks, thanks for joining the show, Mark, and thanks for that that correction. So many, so many different things you're involved in. It's it's hard to keep track. But maybe can you just uh, you kind of gave everyone a, a little taste there. But um, you know, maybe just talk a little bit about your round involvement because you know, like I said, you you are involved in uh, AI in so many different areas. Um, so so maybe just give everyone just a really quick overview of of the different ways you are involved right now. Thank you so much. So I am um, today uh, president of Going Global Ventures, which is an advisory firm advising uh, governments, international organizations, and enterprises around the world on adoption uh, of artificial intelligence at all levels, depending where you are in your maturity cycle in your organization. Okay, so think about Elon Musk and maturity level five. Everybody wants to get there. Everybody wants to be an autonomous world, autonomous corporation. But in order to get there, it's not about technology. Not everything is about technology, okay? Technology is only 5 to 10%. A lot of it has to do with process, governance, culture, ecosystems. We make that work for the biggest, largest organizations in the world and also governments as well. And um, we are also involved on uh, international groups, international committees, including the United Nations, uh, our uh, the organization focusing on uh, uh, Alliance for AI and the Planet uh, is focused on bringing in sustainability and climate together and leveraging AI as a tool to fight climate change. And this is the initiative that got started two years ago with UNDP, UNESCO, UN headquarters. And we have identified some really spectacular solutions all over the world and also wrote a number of different innovative research papers on this topic, trying to put some attention and also capital and resources on this. I'm also the chair of the executive committee of AI for Good Foundation, focusing on smart cities, responsible AI, uh, and making sure that is the top of the narrative, not only on international agencies, but also cities and governments and organizations around the world. We're doing a massive project in Ukraine right now, trying to help this nation of Ukraine fight off this Russian invasion by uh, by art- using artificial intelligence, digital platform, leveraging AI, matching systems. We're, we're providing that as well. We're also, I'm also, as you know, a Forbes columnist, so I cover a lot of this stuff at Forbes. And I'm an author of this new book, uh, Our Planet, Your Planet, Our Planet, Powered by AI. It is powered by AI today. It's going to be powered substantially more in the future. So this future is exciting. It's great. You know, like Andreessen, Mark Andreessen and Harvest recently said, AI is going to save our planet. It is going to save it. So Mark, just, just in about two minutes there. And, and, you already, and, you already yeah. rattled off. Yeah, you know. and also, uh, and also I'm also an investor in a number of different portfolio companies across the world. And I work with a large investment fund as one of the shareholders and investors called Bootstrap Labs. It's the largest AI fund in the United States, and we're involved in many deals globally. So I'm trying to cover the AI space, bro, from a political, economic, business, and investment point of view. Right. And, and, and just right there, Mark, you know, you already answered a couple of our questions, you know, about AI being used for good, because I think, you know, so, so many times people have kind of this fear 
of AI, and maybe it's a misunderstanding, but already you, you, you already talked about, you know, using AI to fight uh, climate change, you know, for smart cities and, and, and a host of other things. Maybe can you share some other examples or maybe some that you're even uh, very excited about or initiatives that you're already seeing are having, you know, a positive impact on society already? Well, uh, again, uh, I'll start with high level and then drill down to examples, Jordan. And again, thank you very much for, for having me here. You know, I personally, I just came off of a very a significant conference in Beverly Hills, talking to the global investors and family offices and addressing these issues. And what I said is AI represents tremendous progress. It is completely unstoppable. Nobody could pause it. No government, no community. We've got to stop this discussion of pausing. Elon Musk wanted to pause it. Now he's launching, as you mentioned, he's launching his own cognitive AI uh, agent based on LLM technology. I think it does clearly also also provides there's a issue of dark shadows that we have to be concerned. This is why President Biden has done what he has done. And kudos to him. I addressed it in Forbes article. But I could tell you a couple of things. One is we believe on this um, AI for the Planet Alliance that I mentioned. We have discovered some hidden gems. And I'll tell you specifically on what they are. We discovered uh, this interesting company called AquaConnect. It is a full-stack aquaculture platform to bring sustainability through AI and satellite remote sensing. Very, very unique. We would not have uncovered if we did not do this platform because not everything exists on big tech and you have to scout and you got to bring them and you have to make sure that everyone really understands what's happening in this solution startup world. We have uncovered that actually they were in the top three, Husk Power Systems. Husk uses AI to accelerate access to reliable and affordable energy and drives economic growth, better living standards to 10% of the world's population living in poverty. So they are addressing this underserved market. We're also uncovered this incredible technology actually coming in. Unfortunately, now the problem in this part of the world, in Israel and in Gaza, but we uncovered something very interesting called Alba Climate Project out of Tel Aviv using uh, powered by AI and satellite data. This Alba Climate is uh, developed state-of-the-art, the the state-of-the-art remote sensing for carbon removal and land user monitoring, creating a new paradigm for transparency. And just recently, when I was at this conference speaking, my one of my colleagues from the Bronfman family, Ben Bronfman, basically spoke about global thermostat and carbon removal technology and what it does to the planet. We are not allowing major investment, unfortunately, worldwide to many of those initiatives. And the reason is, I'll tell you, so I I rattled off a number of uh, initiatives, which I'm very, very, um, very excited about. But what I'm not excited is that corporates continue to put money on, on the corporate efficiency and productivity and all of those competitiveness issues without addressing the social ills. So we got a 96% of the capital is flowing into this bucket of corporate efficiency. And we need to change this equation where 50% of that is going into AI for good, social innovation for AI. And then the rest of that could be in corporate efficiency. We want everybody to make money and AI provides that capability. But I want to make sure it's an even playing field. It is not an even playing field right now. And this is the reason for our book, our planet for our planet powered by AI is trying to change this narrative to say those things matter. Under underserved communities matter, all inclusiveness matters, diversity matters around the world. It cannot be just elites. It cannot be the largest countries in the world and the largest corporations and big tech dictating it. So I think we share this reality. And I will tell you also, 12% of sustainable development goals are on track. Only 12% right now today 
with all the respect to Secretary General Gutierrez, and it's not only it's not him. It's just the ecosystem around the world. We are only 12% are ready to track to achieve 2030 targets. That's not good enough. There's disparities across the world, across companies, across people, medium and low-income countries, developed nations, resource scarcity, supply chain scarcity, comprehensive collaboration. We need AI to be able to solve a lot of those problems, to improve access, improve delivery, improve accelerating speed. This is the issue of AI. AI is not, as I said in the beginning of the conversation, generative AI is only 10% of algorithmic, 20% technology, and a profound 70% is about our collaboration, our culture, our applications, and solutions. And, uh, you know, I could go on, and I'll give you more examples in this, um, in this profound interview that we're having regarding greenhouse emissions, about pollution, about disease spreading. You know, those are the issues about our nature, about our biodiversity, about our, our health, our energy management. This is where we have to put tremendous attention, and we will. And we're doing all of this in right now. Generative AI and cognitive AI could provide those solutions, but we need leadership and we need capital to be able to do this properly. You know, Mark, I want to follow up on that. So you said uh, 96% of, uh, I don't know if it was the focus or the investment yeah. is going toward corporate efficiencies and not being used in, in ways that would have better impact, you know, across underserved communities, other parts of the world. Um, why do you think that is? I, I, I mean, is there a simple, a simple reason for, is it just because, hey, the corporate industries just care about the bottom dollar? Well, you know, there are many great programs. There are, as you know, um, uh, there are responsible AI initiatives within on the corporate enterprise side, at least in the democratic side of the G7 alliance. So if you look at European Union, you look at Canada, you look at Japan, uh, G7, uh, which they had a, a fantastic meeting in Japan just recently uh, in the summer, they all care about the responsible AI. But again, it's the funding of those programs and initiatives uh, across the world in some of those large companies. Some of them have it, you know, in some large corporations, especially technology, some of them don't have it. Some of them have more PR efforts instead of actually figuring out what to do with governance and regulations. And this is why the governments have to step up, especially in democracies where we are. The governments have to step up and say, okay, there's some code that seem, you know, it has to be classified as malicious. You know, it also doesn't meet national security standards. Do, do for does everybody has an equal chance? Are our AI bots and chatbots are they also tracking underprivileged communities and not allowing them to get credits and mortgages and everything else and and applying to universities? Uh, so we want to eliminate discrimination. We want to eliminate bias. We live in a democratic society. Everybody equal chance. That is not the same in autocratic societies. It is not the same in China. It is not the same in India. Uh, sorry, in, in, in Iran. This is not the same in, um, in Russia and North Korea. The, it's all about just collecting this data for surveillance of their population, for the control and surveillance. We don't want to do that. We want to provide common good and collective good to all of our people, make sure we're all inclusive, we all follow certain standards and rules, and we could collectively win as a group. We could all, in the United States, we want to achieve the American dream using artificial intelligence, but we have to be given equal chance, equitable access, all-inclusive access. Hmm. You know, Mark, one thing one thing that you just mentioned there is kind of the role of government. And, uh, you, you know, uh, before that, you mentioned the, uh, the, the Biden White House uh, yes. here in the U.S., their executive... Yeah. Uh, executive order on yeah. AI, but it seems like, you know, that was uh, like eight days ago. Yeah. And 
you look at now even what's happened in the last eight days, and there's been a lot. So like what challenges do governments face to, um, you know, properly regulate this in a responsible way when the development and uh, kind of what's new in AI is happening so quickly? Yeah, it is not an easy situation. You need different types of regulatory authorities, in my opinion. I argued for this and spoke in Washington and other places. You cannot have the same authorities that are regulating SEC, FDA, FCC, the same types of people. The people have to be equipped. They have to understand AI. AI is not your traditional computer science, as you know. AI is also uh, very unique. It's really mimicking uh, the human brain and creativity with human brain. And AI is so wide and so broad with robotics, with machine learning, with generative AI, with um, with convoluted neural networks, all of this stuff. So we really have to understand it. But I think the governments have responsibility. They have to provide AI which is safe, which is secure, which is trustworthy, and which are fair. That is the responsibility of democratic government, including the United States. And I'm very proud. I'm very proud of what President Biden has done. I think it is unparalleled in scope. The only issue, again, it's an executive order. It's not legislature. So how can you enforce all of that when it's not legislature and it has to be enforced? So I think they will do as much as possible. But in the United States, what we were trying to do different from European Union, we're trying to protect innovation and we're trying to protect uh, the technology and innovation space. It's about innovation and ethics. At the same time, you have to be able to balance at the same time. Of course, you're seeing now on the news, startups are complaining and saying, oh my God, it's going to stifle us because now we have to release the code and everybody has to go underneath our code and say, how is it classified? Is it dangerous? Is it malicious? You know, are we invading privacy? I think there's a price to pay because we in the AI community, as you know, with Professor Hinton, Professor Jan LeCun, everybody's arguing. There's no um, one consensus. Nobody knows right now today is AI going, generative AI, is it going to metamorphose into some sort of AGI in the future? Because there's so many backward compatibilities, 1,000 connectors, the brain cannot handle all of this. What will happen? So everybody has questions. There are questions that entertainment industry has. What happens to all of us if generative AI is producing scripts? It's producing the movie. It's producing, it could be producing a podcast. What happens if you generate Mark here and you generate our host and, and who is actually behind the scenes? A lot of questions. And so they want to make sure the likeness is not stolen. The identity is not stolen. We have some sort of a model where we are not, it's not a, a cowboy type of a world. And I believe that the good beginning of this executive order, I think we're trying to improve the brain power by bringing in smartest people all over the world. We're trying to appoint AI regulators. We're trying to appoint somebody like chief AI officers within the government agencies and other things. We're focusing on job displacements. Uh, and no, not, none of us are going to be happy. But one thing I'll tell you is when you have Goldman Sachs putting out a statement that 300 million jobs, as you know, you've seen the statement, 300 million jobs are going to be displaced in March. They came out. It scared a lot of people. Why not put a statement that comes out from McKinsey and BCG and other organizations that says, yes, but 450 million jobs are going to be created. And that's a big deal. 450 million jobs, AI engineers, basically IoT maintenance people and other things. So we have to look at balanced situation. And, but at the same time, we got to start preparing people for this new economy. Digital yeah. capacity, our universities, our schools, we're all lacking. Lacking everywhere. We're catching up right now. I think this order, again, coming back to the Biden order uh, compared to European Union, 
we are not taking anything away from innovation. We're just basically saying, let's be responsible about what we do and let's not harm people. Hey, this is Jordan, the host of Everyday AI. I've spent more than a thousand hours inside ChatGPT and I'm sharing all of my secrets in our free Prime Prompt Polish ChatGPT course that's only available to loyal listeners like you. Here's what Lindy, who works as an educational consultant, said about the PPP course. I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting the results from ChatGPT that I needed and wanted. And after taking the PPP course, I now realized that I was not priming correctly. So I will be heading back into ChatGPT right now to practice my priming, prompting, and polishing. Everyone's prompting wrong, and the PPP course fixes that. If you want access, go to podppp.com. Again, that's podppp.com. Sign up for the free course and start putting ChatGPT to work for you. Yeah. And, and Mark, I'm going to ask you a question here that there may not be a great answer for, because, you know, so many of these, of these things that you talked about, you know, especially when we get back to using AI for good, they require international collaboration. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and yes, there was a, a successful G7 meeting around yeah. AI last week, great strides being made in that uh, regard. You know, we've talked a little bit about the Biden white house and, and, and their new uh, executive order on AI, but in the end, there is still a, a very, competitive uh landscape right and and you know here in the US you know looking at certain like exporting certain technologies as as not wanting to do that to maintain a competitive advantage so how can we find that balance between working together for something greater you know things like uh you know uh, like emissions and and climate change but still having that you know competitive uh landscape that drives the world economy forward yeah, I think, thankfully, we have an administration now uh, that is focusing on the planet needs, the, the planetary needs. And it's a reason for the book. It's not just about efficiency and it's not just about human-centric, about all of us and about our egos. It's about our planet. And our planet is much more than just human beings. So we got to address this. At the same time, people are in certain nations, and that's how we are. We're not just you know floating around in, in international communities. We're in certain nations. So United Na United States needs to and wants to be highly competitive. It is already highly competitive in terms of AI, you know, overtaking many countries. European Union doesn't even have one viable LLM. And I, I'm on record, not one viable LLM. And also, with as much effort that they want to do, AI engineers and LLM and data scientists are all leaving. They're all coming to the United States. They want to be in this environment. China, of course, has its own set of models. And it's focusing, again, surveillance, collection of data for every single person, every single hospital, every single institution. So we're in a world where we have to compete against many different countries. The world is very fragmented right now. There's also, you know, competition is not only economic, it's also military competition. The wars are not thought like in 1918 when, you know, when everybody was in the trenches or maybe it's still happening in Ukraine to some degree, but the world you know, the next wars are going to be AI driven. It's going to be precision. It's going to be digital drones, digital twin technology. Uh, you have to be prepared for this. So you need AI as a competitive tool. And each country is trying to figure out, OK, should I be sending this sensitive information to authoritarian country that could use it against us? There's some very difficult decisions. So we cannot do things on only economic advantage. We have to look at competitiveness and we have to look at innovation of our country. 
United States is positioned properly. We have the best universities. We have the best federal research labs in the world to be able to do this. We're ahead of the competition. We have unbelievable entrepreneurship. Venture capital is investing where it should be investing. Look, generative AI is sucking all the oxygen right now. All of the all the oxygen is being sucked out and is focusing on generative AI. And it is, it is really major. And in 2024, the generative AI uh, is going to be a key set of key set of new milestones and use cases that are going to be seen throughout the industry. And, and a lot of it will happen in the United States of America. It is not happening in South America, not happening in Africa, uh, and in many cases, not even in Southeast Asia. It is happening here because we're putting attention to it, and we know that this is a major transformative moment. We know how important the LLMs are, but again, the government has to have, have, to have some semblance of this as we're going through very turbulent, very turbulent period where things are just gelling together. We have not so far, in my opinion, yes, we have content aggregators, we have marketing apps, we have ways, apps that I saw on your website, how to do packaging, your PowerPoint and all this stuff. This is all consumer stuff material, enterprise stuff, which is going to be targeting the largest enterprises in the world, multinationals. It's all coming 2024 right now. And the big, bigger budgets are being allocated. We're in some incredible times right now, you know, in my opinion. And I mentioned to you, you know, where we are in terms of funding. I'll, I'll, I'll say this to you. Look at where we are. When we were in um, in the 20, in 2022, the funding was just $2.6 billion in AI. Now, by just the end of this, uh, by the end of six months of this year, 2023, 86 deals were done, approximately staggering funding of $14 billion in equity. That is just unbelievable. This is just Never mind the months of uh, of September and October. It is just valuations are through the roof. We have valuations through the roof. Pre-money valuations are through the roof. 16% year-to-year surge. We have unicorns. Look at how many unicorns. You're covering this. You're doing a fantastic job at covering this. We have a meteoric rise of 18 generative AI entities, which are considered to be now unicorns. And by the way, the growth is forecasted. Look at the growth. By 2023, we're going to have growth a forecast of AI startup funding in terms of growth to $42.6 billion by 2023. The enthusiasm is there. The corporate engagement is there from Salesforce to NVIDIA. So United States is committed to be a leading player in the world. A lot of activity is happening here. Of course, there's some going on in in European Union, in United Kingdom. We had an exciting summit that the prime minister in London, uh, in UK hosted. Uh, They're very excited, the work that they're doing on safety and trust. but you know, we, the, really, the situation is now between China and the United States, the leader in the free world versus authoritarian world. And I believe we have all ingredients with this President Biden's act. We're going to win and we're going to win big. Hmm. You know, Mark, we've we've in, in a very short time, we've talked about everything from international relations you know, using AI to reduce your carbon f- uh, footprint, so many things. But as we wrap up here, maybe what is your one piece of advice? Because not everyone, you know, listening to this show has the same influence as you, right? You have a voice of using AI for good on an international stage. But what about for the everyday person? What are some things as we as we wrap up here? What are some things that everyone else can be doing uh, to make uh, to to make sure that we're using AI for good, whether it's in our communities, organizations, cities, and states? What should everyone be looking at? What I'm going to say is AI for good is really all of us. It's all of us. It's about humanity. It's about people. AI for good is not just some idea. It's not just some academic thought. It's about who we are as people. 
are we going to use AI to solve, you know, to solve and address issues with climate? Are we going to use AI to help us with health issues? There are people now dying from deadly diseases and cancers, you know, our loved ones. You know, my mother-in-law passed away from for this pancreatic cancer. I wish AI was there in great institutions like Mayo Clinic or Sloan Kettering Center uh, in New York. We got to be able to focus all of our attention because we, if we're using AI for good, we're helping ourselves. We're helping free countries. We're helping enterprises. We're helping small and medium-sized businesses. Don't think of it as, as just, okay, I'm going to make my life more efficient. You're going to make life more sustainable more inclusive, better. So if you are using AI, use AI, please, every day. A lot of the generative AI tools are going to allow you to free up the time in the day, free up the time so you could use this time for other strategic things to benefit your family, to help your kids, to help your elderly. Do whatever you need to do so you could do better travel around the world, so you could make better speeches, so you could create better content. Try, leverage AI and not just listen to YouTubes, please. Go on and open the AI. It's all immersive. It's multimodal. Now it has hearing. It has senses. It is, has basic NLP. Use the use the co-pilots. Try to help. Try to use these tools to help you every day. You know, Adam, one of the key founders of Siri and Viv and and many other things, basically said just recently. I was in the program, and he said one thing I remember clearly. He said, "This is the age of cognitive AI for everyday person." And our cognitive AI is becoming are becoming sharper. They're becoming more influential. They're helping you in terms of your conversations, your companionship. You sometimes you need a companion. Companions are not available. Look in the country of Japan. You know there are a lot of people, elderly people, that don't have access to home aids and home services. They need to talk somebody. You know somebody that could address their needs. Somebody also in American schools, the teachers are not available all the time. How hard it is to get a teacher in high school or anywhere else. What if we have a companion when the parents are not available, parents are at work and a companion is assisting, brainstorming, teaching something, working with AI. But let's make AI something that we would put our values like children, put good values, ethical, responsible, fair and trusted values and make it more explainable than it is today. Today, still a lot of issues with explainability. We got to put all of those things. Government cannot do it alone. Regulations cannot do it at all. It's all going to be about our collective edge. All of us as people coming in together and say, we want AI to solve the greatest problems in the world. And AI will solve the, some of the toughest challenges. As, as, uh, as Peter Diamantis uh, says, we are going to do that. But we are going to do it properly. We're going to do it responsibly. We don't want to hurt anybody. We don't want to be malicious. We don't want to invite crime. We don't want to have our voice being used uh, by, by banks when you open an account. We don't want any of that. We got to focus on the future, security, watermarks, protection, but we want to deploy and leverage a lot of it in our everyday lives. We want to use, again, we're not in France, but in France, President Macron would say, let's use AI so a lot of people could go on a plush on a beach and, and, and do some of that. But in this country, we want to use AI to save this time, this precious time that we have. We don't have infinite time. And I'm, I, I'm excited about AI. I think AI is not how, what is painted by media. Media paints AI as this evil, malicious tool taking away a job. And they, they, they quote some mad scientist that someday in 2030, it's going to go in and it's going to take out your, it's going to suck your brain out and your neurons, all of your neurons in the brain. First of all, we have 90 billion neurons. We're only using 5 to 10%. So, 
you know, it's like our blood where we, we they take our blood out in a hospital, new blood comes in. So don't worry about all of this. Worry about making sure that you are on top of your game with all the technologies. You understand what's happening. They listen to your podcast. They get all the data, the, all the information. They are they are educated on the latest trends. They're educated on the latest programs and the processes. At the end of the day, your jobs are going to be in good hands if you are following your the policy, the certain recommendations. One recommendation is renew yourself constantly, lifetime learning. You don't don't think you're going to go to college and university and come out in 20, 30 years and you're going to be the same job. No, you have to renew constantly yourself. You read a lot. Uh, get, in, get in touch with analysts, your friends. Uh, make sure you try certain things. See what basic um, basic prompts you could use on ChatGPT, how it could help you with your presentations, what it could do with your, your work every day. And AI is immersive. It's not just about on the screen. It's about the car that you drive. It's soon space technology. Soon, you know, um, all sorts of ca communication capabilities. Our world is shifting. It's changing. This is the biggest transformative revolution in the world. Everybody could keep up. We should not have laggards and leaders, but we do. We, everybody, the government's role is to make sure we educate everybody, bring everybody up to speed, digital capacity. Important in urban cities, in urban cities across the United States. It is government's responsibility and private sector responsibility. We don't leave anybody behind. We don't want to leave anyone behind. AI will allow you to have a better job, a life that you, the life that you love, that you respect. But make sure, we need to make sure that we follow up. We do certain things. Everybody in school, parents, please address this issue. Mathematics, statistics, all of the reasoning. You might not need to solve all the problems, but you need to know how to find information, how to listen to certain things. Cognitive reasoning is very, very important. What, you have this creativity. I don't believe creativity will be taken away anytime soon from us. We are very special human beings. Carbon species. We are carbon species versus silicon. We know the context. We know where we are. We have consciousness. Follow the certain process. You know, make sure you're on top of the game. Listen to all those great podcasts and you will do well. Wow. Wow. This is this is one of those ones. We're going to have to hit rewind and listen to everything that, that Mark just shared. But Mark, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to join the Everyday AI Show. We really appreciate your insights on using AI for good. All right. And hey, just as a reminder, everyone, this was a lot. Go to youreverydayai.com. Every single day we break down not just what's happening in the world of AI news and trends and what's happening, but we take each conversation that we had like today with Mark and we break it down and give you more actionable insights. So thank you for joining and we hope to see you back for another episode of Everyday AI. Thanks, y'all. And that's a wrap for today's edition of Everyday AI. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating. It helps keep us going. For a little more AI magic, visit youreverydayai.com and sign up to our daily newsletter so you don't get left behind. Go break some barriers and we'll see you next time.